Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. Uh, I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by uh, rugby writer Andy Howe. Welcome Andy, it's been a few weeks isn't it? Yeah it has, been an exciting few weeks over. Ben, Wales been on uh, tour, played South Africa in the USA, then to Argentina for two tests and it's been remarkably successful. They've come home unbeaten, and I think that's Wales now, five games in a row, winning streak and uh, big build up coming out for the autumn. Yeah, it's a thing that we couldn't have, I suppose, before the tour, we probably would have looked at maybe one win, possibly two. I don't think any of us really predicted a clean sweep, did we? No, 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 for sure. We never. Um, you know, South Africa, this for that context, South Africa did feel the second uh, second team uh, predominantly against Wales. They were keeping their uh, A team for England, and of course, they have beaten uh, England 2 0 in our series. Uh, so you know it would be interesting if Wales had played their uh, full lineup. But I think both teams were in agreement beforehand. So the New South Africa coach Rassi Erasmus said that Wales and South Africa both agreed that you know uh, Wales have left their alliance and that at home. So they'd agreed in principle what strength lineups they were going to pick. Still a good victory though, three in a row against South Africa. And we were expecting tougher assignments in Argentina because how uh, well they um, flagship team in the Super Rugby the. Uh, Jaguari's been playing, but they did not transfer that form to the Pumas. And I think it's quite telling. Pumas coach Daniel Ucard is leaving after this match against Scotland, just over a year up from the World Cup. To me, perhaps that shows that they weren't, the players weren't playing for him. And um, uh, But however, Wales still had to do the business on the pitch, and they were convincing winners in both tests. And with a squad of rookies they took over there, I'll be honest, I think that's probably... Wales's greatest sort of touring uh, achievement when you look at the people who were in the Welsh squad. Yeah, I think that's you know, that. and I think, and I think, I, I don't want you, and I think, you know, because obviously I'm a lot older than you, Ben. I think of Wales probably have got uh, more strength in depth now as uh, the, uh, for, you know, the most they've got since the 1970s. The great scars they had was Barry John, Phil Bennett, Irving Davis, Gerald Davis, JBR Williams, etc., etc. Yeah, I think that's been the pleasing thing, isn't it? I think it's the, the sort of names that we've seen sort of. Not necessarily come through, but prove that they can do it on test level this yeah. summer, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you said to me before we came on here, you've written down a lot of names there, and that's why. And I've written that. Yes, I'm looking at it now. I've written down a lot of names because of these. All these boys have done uh, uh, so well. You know, if we start with the backs, Josh Adams, sensational in the uh, in the test. What a try in our second test, but it's just his all round game. Thought positionally he's excellent. Of course, he played a lot of fullback. Uh, joint top scorer, try scorer in the English Premiership last season. Brought that form on the international stage, full of confidence. But what I like about him as well, I did not realise this because I'm seeing how much of him in the Premiership, is how physical he is. And he is a right handful, and he's right up for it. And he's, you know, he puts himself about. And he's prepared to get hurt or hurt people. And uh, he's strong, really quick, abrasive. Looks a really good player. I assume he looks a player to me. Knows the knows the game inside out. Also, he makes instincts a, makes a lot of good defensive reads, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's, yeah. that's another pleasing yeah. thing. Cause, oh. You know, you know. I think in that uh, second test early in the match, he went in one of vital turnover or turnover penalty at a breakdown in a Welsh twenty-two picks his moments. Knows the game, goes looking for the ball as well. That's why I like Rome's. In that sense, he's a bit of a Chris Ashton. Turns up looking for the ball, prepared to go around the field. And to go around the field looking for the ball, you've got to have confidence yeah. to do that. 
So uh, I think you know he, he, he did really well. Uh, another one who stood out in the backs, Alan Amos. You know, we've talked. Me and you, Ben, are both fans. I think of him. Yeah, definitely. You know, I would like to see him perhaps tried it outside centre by the Dragons because he's a play on playoff. He makes half breaks, gets his hands behind the uh, back of the opposition and offloads. Reads so well, but you know, his preferred position is fullback. It was his first chance for Wales at uh, fullback, and he did generally he did really well. He improved as it went on. Scored a great try against uh, I think South Africa was it. Scored against Africa, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, then he created one, didn't he? With yeah. uh, oh, when I say created that brilliant handling movement by Wales, if it was the All Blacks, we'd be raving about it. And he put James Davis over in the corner, was it, with the uh, pass yeah. at the back of the hand? And then he scored again in the second test. Then he scored in a second test. Another you know, brilliant try. You know what Alan Amos is? He's a really good team player. Yeah. So if I was um, the Penny and Liam Williams, I would be concerned because Amos certainly brings a lot to the party, and his timing is excellent when he hits the line, picks holes. Picks gaps. If whoever's passing puts the ball in that hole, he will go through it. So I think he's got a, you know, he's yeah. a player who's got to be in contention for the World Cup. It's it's early days, but who would be your starting fullback at, in Japan? I would actually, um, I would, uh, I would go with Amos because I think Wales depends. A lot of this depends on who Wales pick a number outside half, which we will get to. Yeah. But I think if you've got an outside uh, attacking Ring. outside half, I think Alan Mingus would be ideal at fullback. If you've got a more defensive-minded outside half, maybe then you just go for the safety sort of player. So then I would probably have Lee Halfpenny at fullback. Less stress. So there's a lot rugby to be played between Absolutely. now and then. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the same, isn't it? But the centres. Um, you've got Jonathan Davis is hopefully uh, going to be fit now for next season but he's had such a long time out same with Sam Wilburn are they going to be the same players when they come back you know, these are things we're going to learn it's a massive question mm. um, during the other position Ben I'll, 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 perhaps it pleased you as well scrum half because uh, yeah. you know we were concerned Reese Webb coming in in Algebra going to Toulon and then what, what, what have you thought of um, Obviously, Gareth Davis, you know all about. But what we thought of the other two, Thomas Williams and uh, Ali Davis, both started on his uh, on his tour. Yeah, Thomas Williams obviously was pleasing. I know people talk about whether it was really a test match or not. But what you got, you know, South Africa dominated for large periods up front. So for a scrum half, that's not easy to sort of come in on your debut, is it? And I thought he played well, coped with that, uh, took his try well, and just looked neat. And then obviously, Ali Davis again, he's. He's looked good in the games that we've seen. Yes, South Africa last autumn and um, second test again. He was thought he's brilliant. Uh, just you know, he just gets the rocks, gets the ball away. There's nothing too flash about him, but his delivery was nice and fast, and just allowed Wales just to sort of it just gave him a platform to sort of play, didn't it? And then you know, you give Patchell a platform like that, and and, and suddenly we are causing teams problems. Yeah, with Ali uh, Ali Davis, what I yeah, um, might have surprised some people, but he was top of my ratings. And uh, I thought his kicking was the best I've seen for from a Welsh grammar for uh, you know for for years really because he was so spot on in his position kicking the ball was landing and Welsh player was arriving with it and uh, you know he was rattling a few ribs in the Ardry side and uh, and as you said his pass was really good I thought he was like a uh, a, a traditional type scrum half if you like got there quickly got the ball away I know Wales had a great pla- a really good platform so it's a lot easier but uh, it then it helped because the backs made the backs look good. Absolutely. Um, I suppose moving on to halfback partner. I suppose coming uh, into this tour, it did. Feel yeah, like I was just one thing on that scrum half. Final point. Gaz Davis. We were thinking only two months ago is he the only option for the World Cup with Webb going? 
but I think now Gareth, you know, is, is serious competition for that number nine jersey, yeah. which is good. And that will help Gareth. Yeah, well, of course it, it will. Yeah, absolutely, because you know, some, you sometimes feel that maybe he's he's got these brilliant facets to his game. He didn't do the basics, but I feel like with a bit of pressure on him, as we've seen for the Scarlets, because he's really tightened up his game in the last three seasons, from when he was just used as an impact player to when now Jonathan Evans and. Uh, Ali Davis are pushing him he, yeah. he's, he's probably become one of the best scrum halves in Europe as we've seen by as his nomination yeah certainly he's an attacking scrum half he's yeah. an excellent he's no better runner than him is it? As he's picking the right moments and he's got to improve his uh, kicking out of hand absolutely yeah and Ali of course should improve by going to the Ospreys because I guess he's going to be first choice there so he's going to have a lot more starts a lot more games and that may help his game put pressure on guys absolutely so yeah on to, on to fly half um I think coming into the tour, it, 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 it sort of felt like maybe Gareth Anscombe was going to be sort of pushing ahead of Rhys Patchell in terms of the pecking order. As it's turned out, it feels like Patchell's stolen a march on him once again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Anscombe was a bit inconsistent against South Africa in that match, and I think that uh, uh, cost him men. Uh, I think they were always going to play uh, Patchell again in Argentina in the um, first test, and he did so well that uh, that they kept him in for the uh, for the second uh, game. So I think. Uh, uh, yeah, he did, Anska made a made a few mistakes. Uh, Patchell was good, ever, and I think he deserved to keep his place for that uh, second test. And um, she did well. And the other thing which held up uh, was his goal kicking. Uh, yeah. It was excellent, and uh, you know that that's uh, probably make Atlan and Rob Owley um, think you know could this book be our number one uh, goal kicker if we picked him at outside half and there was no Lee half penny in the. Uh, in the team so uh, Patrick certainly put his hand up because Wales looked more creative as an attacking force than perhaps they have under Dan Bigger so uh, as we said earlier it depends what sort of game they want to play I, I suppose uh, but Patrick to me Patrick's got to be uh, I'd be picking him in the order and why not I'd agree with you I think I believed in the Six Nations that we should have put stock in one fly half and, 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 and gone with him and at the time I thought that was Patchell after Scotland I thought we dropped him a bit too readily after England and then switched between Bigger and Anscombe and all that I, 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 so I feel like we're coming back around to Patchell again I just think let's give him a run of games and let's see what he can do against the big boys yeah exactly so you know in the autumn they've got Australia uh, and South Africa the two big boys aren't yeah. they so we've got uh, Scotland and Scotland at first so yeah, why not? Play Scotland it? and Cardiff is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, gonna they, be... they won't be as bad as they were last time, but it's not. It's a nice game for him to sort of get his teeth into, get himself going in the Wales shirt, and then take yeah. on the big boys. Yeah, I'm going to be a bit controversial here, Ben. I would not pick Bigger in the squad for the Autumn Internationals. He's going to Northampton, England. You know what Captain uh, said is the reason why Owen Williams didn't figure uh, in the Six Nations. But. I think if you have bigger in the squad, it takes pressure off Patchell and Anscombe. Probably only need two outside half. Sadly, Patchell cover it. Of course, Sam with the matches being in Cardiff, you just, you just call on and go bigger up if you have to go in an emergency. Yeah. But we all know what Dan Bigger can do. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter to me if Bigger doesn't play in between now and the World Cup. He will come back in for the first match of the World Cup and do exactly the same as he's done all along. He'll be the governor, be the boss of the team, and everyone will know what he's going to do. Won't be any problem for his teammates. But I think him not being in the squad would give these other guys breathing space to improve themselves, get confidence, and maybe you know take over perhaps as number ten jersey. 
because if Wales are going to do something at the World Cup, they're going to have to keep scoring tries. Yes, it's, it's an interesting you know, Which goal, has been a problem when he's been a number 10, if you look at yeah. the try scoring record. You know, the facts say that. I suppose this isn't all to do with the fact that we had Patchell playing fly half instead of bigger, but I felt watching Wales in, in the Argentina games for the first time in a long time, we just looked like a team who suddenly, not suddenly, but knew how to attack off just it wasn't sort of set moves off first phase it just looked like we could go through six phases and suddenly look look to the right look to the left open side and, and actually bring something into into the game and it's not it's not just patchless I think it's more to do with the fact that we're now developing forwards who can and play with the ball parks as well just oh, yeah. gives you that sort of vision in, in, in midfield but and of course the other thing with that is that flow they've been getting their game I did a piece last week with Sam Warburton before the match he went for the Wales team and I said if you watch Patrick he said he plays right on a gain line in the face of the opposition and he's prepared to take take bumps oh, yeah. he said he gets not he might get knocked 10 to 20 times in a match because he's passed the right second right that the you know put someone in a hole or whatever and then taking a knock uh, for you know being smashed for it but you know I think we've seen that and we Owen walking looked really good outside him last week because he's giving, he's putting those balls into gaps, giving boys uh, openings or a chink of light to get through the opposition defence. And then you put, you know, you're walking, uh, um, Amos is etc. Show up. It, it, it's almost, it's not quite, but it's almost like how we were playing around the 2012 Grand Slam, isn't it? Yep. It's not as maybe blunt as Warren Ball as you know with Jamie Roberts, but it's it's just all about playing flat and and picking angles. Yeah. Yeah, you've got willing runners, haven't you? Yeah. And people, yeah. And that, yeah, it is a bit like that. I was like, well, Priestland was playing well at the time. Exactly. And, half, and he was playing flat, and he was, uh, you know, a good ball player. Patchell, in some respects. He's a similar type of player. And uh, Patchell as well. He's got, um, I would say he's probably got more confidence, and he's got a, you know, he, no, he's, he, he's yeah, got he's a big match temperament, probably. Yeah. yeah. And the other yeah. thing is, is how often he offers himself as a runner. He's got a lot of pace, Patch. I think you know he always keeps defending. Like you look at Cubby's try. Yeah, he keeps him honest. Yeah, because he can go. <laughs> Basically, he has two defenders in front of him. He just hits the gap, brings them both in, mm. and puts Amos through. And then Amos with a lovely bit of skill to put James Davis through. Basically, yeah. they had no right to score there. It's like five no. defenders on three, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He drew two, and just, I think Amos just, drew three, and then exactly. the pass finished those three off. It's just about hitting those gaps, and then, and then you can work the space. Yeah, and that's that's the pleasing thing, I think. Um, that you know. Amos is trying the second test with those quick hands. That's that's not oh, really no. something. That's not really something we've seen, to be honest, from Wales, is it? Delayed pass, I think, was it Scott Williams? Yeah. Delayed pass, and then a one-two between Amos and North. Yeah. Uh, you know, excellent play, really, wasn't it? And all about support runners, getting people there around the ball, and quickly. You know, it was, uh, it was a great try. Uh, and we made Argentina. Okay, okay, they didn't play pass anywhere near their best, but we made them look uh, ordinary at best. Right. Okay. Then, so that's um, that's the the backs taking care, I suppose, in terms of Wales. Um, but it wasn't just the backs who sort of shone; it was also the forwards. Um, before we get into any particular forwards, I think we probably we just had some breaking news delivered to us uh, here in, in the podcast. Our deputy sports editor John Doll running in with a with a piece of paper. It's like the old days, isn't it? It certainly was, Ben. So yeah, that's that Ross Moriarty uh, has been banned for four weeks. I suppose it's not a surprise, is it? 
not really because he had uh, Nicolas Sanchez in a chokehold at the end of the game and he made the mistake of holding on to him for uh, for too long and um, yeah he's caught the four week ban uh, luckily for Ross though, he's, I think he uh, takes in uh, the pre-season matches so three matches and he'll only miss one pro 14 game for the Dragons and you know uh, him being in a Wales squad and all uh, would he have been playing much before that so anyway yeah. so this is neither you or they ban so in one sense he's gone off lightly uh, what did you think of the challenge uh, Ben uh, it was daft uh, it was wasn't it let's be honest um, I'm surprised they've won again by then aren't they yeah exactly yeah. You know, I'm surprised Sanchez maybe didn't maybe get a yellow card or something you know he, he was just as much to sort of blame but yeah you, you can't be doing that and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of trying to defend him and I just what's, what's the point you know at the end of the day it didn't cost us because we were 23 yeah. uh, 30 points to 5 up but if he does that in a World Cup quarter final when the game's on the line you know I, I imagine Gatland Gatland wouldn't be happy he wouldn't that. be happy he'll have, he'll have had yeah. a few words with him already wouldn't he yeah well Ross should have done was pointed to the scoreboard and walked away you know yeah that's, yeah. Uh, that's the thing isn't it? he should have so um, away from Ross Moriarty's little blemish at the end yeah. he, he in particular had a standing job brilliant Fantastic, wasn't he? he, was. you know, he, he you think, know, think about think about matches. think about the the lack of rugby he sort of had throughout the season with injuries, and then perhaps not being picked by Gloucester because he's going to the Dragons. He's just got a knack somehow of coming back in and looking like he's never been away. Just that same brutal physicality that most players can't match. It's, it is it's difficult to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it's real like octane stuff for him, isn't it? You know, he was. Uh, I thought he was on a real high out there in Argentina, in uh, both matches. He was absolutely super. That's the best he's played for Wales, isn't it? For about uh, uh, since before the Lions uh, tour. Yeah. Obviously, got injured on Lions tour, but he was like a, um, he was like a cannonball, wasn't he? Argent- the Argentines were bouncing off him. He was doing so much damage. Ross's game, you know, we know strength of his game is carrying the ball, etc. It wasn't so much carrying over there. It was defensive work and. Uh, and upsetting the rhythm of the uh, Argentina by piling into, into him basically, and he sure did that. You know, he rattled up the tattles. I thought he had a, a great tour. Uh, uh, and you know, he, he, obviously Falatel is still the number one, number eight. But Moriarty's going to be a serious contender, isn't he? If he plays like yeah. that as a blindside flanker, because he's big and he's physical. Yeah. and he can do the damage you know Warburton also pointed out last week he thought against when we was lost in Ireland in the Six Nations that they uh, uh, you needed someone like a Dan Lydiate was the figure he said type figure who was big to stop Ireland on a game line and smash him back well Moriarty similar type of, you know when he's at his defence when he's got his defensive head on he can do the same thing and also offer more as a ball carrier and skills absolutely so uh, that's an interesting one the other pleasing aspect um, in the back row was the emergence of two more sevens. I won't say emergence because they were both good players. To the test stage. Yeah, okay. The, uh, you know, yeah. Ellis and Ellis Jenkins and James Davis, they've both been around for a few years now. We both know what they can do, but this is, this is the first time we've seen them at test level just showing how brilliant they are. And it's, it's again, it's the case of the the number seven cup overflowing in Wales isn't it it certainly is isn't it you know we've probably got the most strength and depth in world rugby in that position James Davis 
very good over there, didn't he? Proved perhaps a few uh, doubters wrong where he could step up to that level. He certainly did in both matches. Alex Jenkins, I've never had any doubt about him since seeing him in under 20 World Cup, leading Wales to runner up spot 2013, I think it was. Uh, Ellis is a natural leader, he's such a competitive bloke. If he was playing cards, he'd want to do anything to win. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he leads something from the front, and he's just a good all round player. He can do everything. You know, he can do a bit of running, he's a destroyer, he's in at the breakdown, he, he's quite a big bloke as well, actually. He can uh, yeah. play six or seven, line out, and he's just such an intelligent uh, rugby player, and he puts a body on the line, doesn't he? And others follow him. So, uh, you know, I do really think he's a. Uh, a permanent future Wales uh, Wales captain but of course now it's going to be a big season for him James Davis if uh, you've got Warburton is coming back you've got Justin Tipperich uh, Mr. Tor Josh Navidi was injured against you know against yeah. South Africa yeah. uh, early on um, you've got abundance of riches to pick yeah. from unfortunately Shingler Anna Shingler got injured in, in South, against South Africa as well he's going to he's on the back foot a bit because he won't probably be playing until before Christmas so that that makes it really difficult for him for the World Cup. Could could yeah. work in his favor. You know, I know you never know how you're going to come back. Nations, you never it? know you're going to come back from injury. But yeah. he's played a lot of rugby. You could look at this as maybe being a bit of a break for him, in the same way that Navidi needed a break. Come back in January. Hopefully, make the Six Nations squad, and then you're looking at yeah, probably about that, seven, eight months of going through to the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, the only problem those boys will have is if people nail down positions in the order. That's the thing. If Warburton comes back, and it's good. I mean, it's, it's spectacular, Warburton and Jonathan Davis. Massive. You know, we you, people, you know, our office, we've debated it. People saying, oh, Warburton will be back in, Jonathan Davis will be back in, so and so, and all be back in. But let's remember, Wales, when they were playing in 2017, finished fifth in the Six Nations ta- table. Different guys, this, just a few months ago, finished runners up. So. It, you can say a Wales better with the new boys than they were with them. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Possibly. I, I, I disagree with you on John Davis there. Well, John Davis, if he's at his best, if he plays like he did for the Lions, he's going to walk in the team. And John uh, Davis, he has had a serious foot, foot injury, mind. John Davis has a knack of... Ah, for big tournaments. Hit yeah. him form at the right time. Yeah. Unfortunately for Jonathan, he has had suffered a number of injuries during his career. He's been really on unlucky in that sense but he is he does you're right he's been yeah. brilliant on two lights for me he's head and shoulders above any other 13 oh yeah in the yeah. world in the world I think. yeah that's a major statement oh, I, you know, who, who is there I like Ring Rose I think he Mark Ring oh Gary Ring, Ring Rose, Rose. <laughs> um, yeah you're right there's uh, you Robert New Zealand Lynn Brown he's a good player Lennon yes. Brown played really well against the Aztecs for the past. Yeah. 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 No, it's an interesting one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, John's on his lines for money, man, in the series. Absolutely. Yeah, he's on fire. Brilliant. Brilliant. I remember in uh, Brian O'Driscoll, uh, before all the rumpus with him in uh, 2013, I think it was against the Waratahs, and Jonathan Davis had a fantastic game, and O'Driscoll was on the sideline, and the whistle went, and they, he was picked up by the microphone, or them. Or, or they interviewed him I can't remember Sky or something at the end of the game they said Jonathan Davis what a player and you know it was unbelievable yeah, yeah so so bringing it back to the back row um, we all had a crack earlier in the week of nailing down the six who were going to go to the World Cup uh, so I thought let's let's get you to do it because we've all put our necks on the block some more than others I might add so you want me to pick six? Six, right. yeah. Falatel. No, well. 
Moriarty. Yep. Warburton, if he gets back to his uh, place well. Yep. Tipperich. Yep. Ellis Jenkins, he can also cover six. So can Warburton. And uh, my final choice is James Davis. James Davis. James Davis rather than Josh Navidi. So no place for Shingler. Shingler. I think Shingler's got a really serious injury and I think he's going to be behind the curveball. Uh, I would, I would, do you know what? I would perhaps, uh, if they're going to take four locks and maybe one other, as a player who can play, who could play at lock in emergency or, or back row, I would rather than take Seb Davis, I would take uh, Shingler yeah. as that. Uh, I think I, I wrote months ago about considering him as a lock. And uh, he used to play lock for the Lanethy Club team, yeah. by the way, uh, so he can do the job. So, uh, as a utility forward, I would consider taking him rather than Seb Davis or Josh Turnbull. Yeah, so you think he might, you know, he could squeeze in my uh, squad. I think. But do you know what? If I was Gatland, if Tippett doesn't play well next season, or Warburton, yeah. I'll, I'll, I wouldn't take him. Simple as. I don't think anyone so should be guaranteed a place in a squad. I, I think what's going to what's going to decide this all for me is going to be injuries. That's the thing. Yeah. I think we've got that many good back rowers. I think it's just who happens to be fit and the, more so than selection, isn't but, it? Yeah, like boys have been slightly off the radar. Thomas Young, been excellent uh, yeah. in the Premiership. Uh, and Ollie Griffiths, who's a really good player, but they're probably going to miss out because they've been, you know, they've missed the boat these last few months. Oh, sure. So yeah. that's going to really count against yeah. them. No. A lot so. of work to do. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they, they would need a lot of injuries ahead of them to have a chance again, you know, I would suggest. For what it's worth, I think your selection was pretty similar to most of the uh, the other rugby writers. Oh, no. I think they, they probably went with Shingler instead of James Davis for lock cover. Yeah, so yeah. You, you've been a bit bold there. Yeah, just don't forget, it's 31 players going in the squad, so I think, you know, that you can accommodate those guys. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I do think Warburton and uh, Alice can do a job at six if you don't pick Mariotti there. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting. And like we said earlier, you we picking a back row, really, it's going to have to be a bit geared around who's going to be at number 10. Yeah. Who's going to be calling all the shots for it? What, you know, what type of game you want to play? How wide do you want to play? Who's best suited to that? That's the thing, we've got so many combinations yeah. now, haven't we? You, you can go traditional six, seven, eight, you know, a proper blind side, a proper open side, an eight. You can go dual open sides. You can technically go, I know Navidi is an open side, but Shingle and Navidi, Falatau is almost like. Mm. I, not I, having a, a traditional open side is more having just yeah. physicality and athleticism isn't it yeah I think now as well we're going to have to consider Warburton as more of a blind six. side that's where he played for the Lions in those tests that's where he played for Wales in the Six Nations in 2017 I think his career I think that will suit him I think that's moving I think it suit him the injury it will suit him as he comes back plus he also made another very good point because he's an excellent analyst of the game and all and you, you know we've had all these we had changes the season in the breakdown law and all and he said he's been playing rugby for about uh, 10 years at senior level. He said we've had all these law changes at the breakdown during those time. And he said really nothing's changed. You can still compete for the ball. It's all about timing. It's when it go in on the ball. You know, if the opposition have done things properly, there's no point even contesting. Yeah. Because you'll only give a penalty away. So it's all about picking, in it? It's like a, uh, it's like a lion and a tiger. They pick a moment to strike. Uh, you know, David Pocock, McCall, masters of that. And Warburton is best being a master when to go in. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's a fair point. And I think to some degree now, it's like Australia, isn't it? They're still playing with Pogok and uh, Hooper uh, down at six and seven, sharing duties and all, left and right almost, if you like. It can work. 
Absolutely. And you don't need really, in some respects, you don't really need a big heavy monitor in the, in the back road, blind side of wire, because of the lifting of the line out. It's uh, easier to lift the light man up. Uh, the yep. tall blokes, the heavier blokes, do the lifting. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, um, like New Chappis, didn't it? He used to be Wales' tallest man. No, but did. Yeah, but Chappis used to say himself, well, like, he did a lot of the lifting because it was easier for him to lift up someone light to yeah. catch a ball. And people to lift him up. Rather than people to lift him up because he was such a big, heavy bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you got any more names written down there? Yeah, yeah. I th- uh, Dylan Lewis. Yeah. You know, That'd couldn't be, get in the Cardiff match day 23, Challenge Cup semi final or final. You know, why not? Really good player. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day who knows his scrummaging, was a good scrummaging himself, and he said about how good a player Dylan Lewis was. He said not only in the uh, he said he scrummaged really well, and of course he's a very good run in the pack. And, um, you know, I thought he really put his hand up. That is still Wales' problem position for Wales. I don't think they're set on a, on a tight head. Uh, prop and it's something they're going to have to sort out against better opposition because we can say yeah they outscrummage Argentina but I'll be honest you know there's this myth about Argentine scrummaging yep. they haven't been good scrummagers since the 29 World Cup really their game has changed a lot and all and uh, and it has gone away from the basics a bit so uh, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say you know oh, well, it's a fantastic scrummaging in Argentina because I don't think the opposition was very good in our facet of play but Dylan Lewis he's a player I like so uh, he, he's another one who's got a big chance this autumn. I think Gatlin as well be hoping that uh, Liam Brown recovers from his injuries. Another promising youngster and forces his way into the frame as well to give um, to Thomas Francis and um, Samson the uh, competition. It's also Benny. What do you think as well? Hooker it seems to be warming up. It does, doesn't it? You know, I think obviously Ken. Ken was on commentary duty. So he was good, by the way. He was, yeah, yeah, he was what like, he was. Uh, but uh, you know, Elliot D, we sort of he, he impressed with his cameos in the Six Nations, and he, he carried on like that. And again, Ryan Elias is someone we've sort of had on the periphery now for a little bit. And he's another who took his chance, and it, it is pleasing. Um, you'd still fancy Ken to be yeah, starting hooker, but yeah, I think they still got a shift, Ken. But they didn't. Imp- I thought they both made a big impression. Yeah. D started in that second test. He, well, he came on. I don't know how many minutes he was on, but how many tackles he made it was unbelievable. Exactly. But I like Elias as well. Uh, you know, he's a um, Stephen Moore, Biznak, Duplessis, big type hooker. You know, uh, whereas yeah. Elliot D's round the pitch more. Uh, and Ken's a big type hooker, like a Stephen Moore type as well, picking yeah. up and driving, etc. But what you know what's pleasing is you could see that Elias and D both won the jersey off Ken, and they uh, yeah, you know they were flying into it. Uh, they, they loved it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ken, which is great, faces a challenge, and he'll know that, which is only good for his game and for for, for Wales. Absolutely. Yeah. And odds are we odds are we will take three hookers. But they're gonna have to take three hookers because it's Japan. Because in Japan, yeah, they so have to take three hookers. They have to take three scrum halves, specialist positions. Exactly. So they will take those three hookers as it currently stands. Though perhaps Chris, someone like Christian Dacey will have something to say about it. Possibly. Scott yeah. Baldwin, perhaps, yeah. you know, Sam Parry. Um, and then um, and the, the three, um, three scrum halves who um, were on this tour uh, at the moment in the box seat. Yeah. Unless, so, yeah. unless a certain someone comes back from France. Plus. Never say never. Reese Webb, your country needs you. I didn't want to mention his name because we probably get enough stick for mentioning him as it is. Um, so yeah, that's the front row. Second row again was pleasing. Corey Hill, 
excellent leadership Stam- along with Ellis. Brilliant in the Six Nations, and he is now captain in his country. Oh yeah, and he's you know he's got his he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He's a good leader. Talks about the referees. Uh, hasn't you know hasn't done anything wrong really. Does so much work in a game. He's tackling his counter's eye. He's around the pitch. He's filling holes. He's good with the ball in his hands. Very skillful. Got a bit of vision. Uh, yeah, I think if he was playing for a more fashionable region, uh, people would be raving about he him. He is quite. I was about to say he's he's quite and with with the greatest respect, quite an unfashionable player, isn't he? I think people sort of look at him and think, oh, you know, he's just a well, just a dragon's lock, isn't he? And I suppose all you got to remember was last year was was the Lions and that call up, and yeah. he was basically public any, enemy number one, wasn't he? With most British rugby fans, yeah, yeah. But caught, yeah, what did Brian Jones just say? Corey, who was I? Wasn't it? You know, but now he's his mate. But uh, yeah, I think if he was playing for the Scarlets or someone, people saying what a you know, what a player he is, what a prospect. Um, yeah. As Gatman says, he's Wales' most improved player. He's a really good player. Don't forget, he was like uh, Wales under twenty captain. Uh, you should have captained him at the World Cup in South Africa in 2012 but he was ill while he was over there and he ended up not captain, not playing I think and they finished third in the world uh, so he has got that leadership skill and you know people have always said about him he's mature beyond his uh, beyond his uh, years and uh, you know he certainly uh, he deserves his position in the team but Wales they've had, and they, you know, they've Adam Beard that young kid who used yeah. to be excellent for the under 20s got a, bit, uh, a streak about him I like you know a streak niggles the opposition but he's big and he's you know he's big and he's he's a nuisance he caused Argentina plenty of problems at the break down malls and all he's just a nuisance and he showed a bit of skill and he, he looked a really he looked a really good prospect he used to kick on this season with the Ospreys but he's definitely put himself in the frame and do you know what Ben knowing Gatland and uh, what we said about Warburton and etc none of them are uh, indispensable and if Gatman thought he had two better locks than Alan Wynne-Jones they would start uh, and I'll say Alan Wynne-Jones ok he is yeah. definitely in the driving seat but, he did, but there is competition don't forget yeah, the 2011 yeah. World Cup Alan Wynne wasn't actually uh, over there they kept switching the locks there was a lot of switching and uh, it was a bit uncertain who was the first two uh, who was the two uh, first choice locks but uh, yeah, Alan wins in driving seat, but also there's a lot of competition. Isn't there? Yeah, you know, Jake yeah. Ball to come back. I think the bloke who has slipped down a peck in order, and uh, you know he's been a great servant and he's a fantastic bloke. And uh, you know I love having banter with him and all that. I say Bradley Davis. Unfortunately, I think he has uh, uh, he hasn't performed consistently uh, enough and. Um, I think he's been overtaken a bit of back and all. So Bradley, that's you know, well, he'll raise to the challenge. Hopefully, yeah. he'll have a big season, which again will only help uh, uh, Welsh rugby. I suppose with Bradley, you could argue maybe he was passing the pecking order last year, and he saw that yeah. he had to fight his way back towards the back end of this season after yeah. a tough start at the Ospreys. Mm-hmm. And so you he showed up around the Christmas period exactly, for the Ospreys. Yeah. So, so you wouldn't rule him out doing it again. No, you wouldn't, and that's what we want. You know, because you need you need characters like Brad, don't you? He is a character. He is, and he is a great bloke, isn't he? You know, so uh, yeah, so uh, but you've got you know, it's five five blocks now. So if you probably you know if you're going to take four then the World Cup as it currently stands, uh, I would be taking Alan Wynn, um, Corey Hill, um, Beard, and Ball. I suppose it's a bit harsh, not harsh. Maybe it's maybe another word. Seb Davis. He's had a bit of a raw deal. You could argue. You know, he is a lock. 
that's the problem isn't it and we haven't seen him a lot that's the thing he's played played against eight against George uh, uh, last autumn and then he's played six for two of these games you would have liked to see him have a crack at lock, at lock. yeah so I think as it stands he's going to pay the price for that yeah you know it's a bit unfortunate he is another who's going to have to have a big season a big start the season for the Blues sure because he he has got a big future ahead of him I would imagine uh, yeah, he needs to hit the ground running uh, take on board what he would have learned on this tour off the world's coaches new coach as well at the Blues and um, yeah he needs to be uh, performed consistently I think last season he was affected by wasn't he because he missed a lot of rugby he had a big start the season first half then he had a uh, he was ill for quite a while yeah. and I think I knocked him back a lot he sort of missed the Six Nations period mm. which was you know a big blow for him yeah. so then at the end of all this at the end of the tour Wales are up to third in the rankings. Uh, what and our old friends, England, are down to. They've got a six, Ben. You're the master of the rankings. I thought it was fifth, but fifth, yeah, it, could, it might be fifth. It could, fair, could be know. sixth, and I'm not certain. I can't remember. I'll be honest, I don't put a great store on exactly, the rankings. We'll, we'll be, probably be, we'll be yeah, back down a little bit further next weekend, went, won't we? Yeah. When anyone well, else plays. Yeah, it could be, but it's fantastic, isn't it? Wales yeah. up to that. Unless, you know, Wales finished. They were runners up in the Six Nations after all. Okay, he lost two games, but he still ended up runners up. And uh, and uh, Gatlin, uh, he will be so excited now because he has got so much depth. And I think he will think that Wales got a, a genuine chance of uh, of winning the World Cup with this squad. I mean, New Zealand best team in the world. Yep. Australia beatable. Ireland beatable. England are certainly beatable. And um, uh, South Africa are beatable, but they are. This is the last few weeks they show they are on the way back because like Wales they've got a very good coach yeah. Rassi Erasmus is a and very good rugby man they're bringing back a lot of they're bringing back players. a lot of players from abroad and uh, they'll always produce big physical specimens over there so uh, the World Cup might come too early for them mind, but yeah. they are on their way back I think the autumn's the test yeah. for them isn't it because you know they're playing England at the minute at altitude yeah. and you, you can't underestimate sort of the difference that makes I'm not buying into that altitude thing, Ben. Because I've have you played at altitude? Yeah? No, but I've done a lot of sport at, at uh, cycling and all at altitude, a lot higher than that. And the studies I've uh, uh, seen all on altitude, the, the way they play in South Africa, it's not really it's debatable whether that's high enough to be altitude. Do you know why I think it is yeah. in South Africa? I've been over over there a lot. It's really dry and dusty, yeah. generally. And it's like a dry, it's a different type of air, if you like. Yeah. It's more of a drier air, and I think that does have an effect. It dries you out your throat and all that. So I think in some ways that I would personally find that sort of thing a lot more difficult to be cycling in the Pyrenees or the Alps. Because there's a lot more moisture in the air in those sort of places. That's true, yeah. yeah. And of course, the other thing is, you know, everyone talks about this altitude thing, it's a mindset, subconscious as well. We how come, if it's the case, is this altitude then? How come New Zealand have no problems winning in South Africa? Or their the, uh, franchise teams in Super Rugby. The All Blacks have a few problems with them. Yeah, but they do win there at altitude. Yeah. Yeah, so. You know, and it's the same for the South African players, mind. Yeah, it is. Yeah. From the Cape yeah, and elsewhere, they, they don't live at altitude, so they're exactly the same. So I'm not buying this, this altitude thing. Classic Eddie Jones excuse. I've opened the can of worms there. Uh, uh, right, so let's, let's move on. Um, I'll just say one other thing about international rugby World Under 20 Cup. Been fantastic. France have won it for the first time. France got some great players, young Enter Mac, his son, 
the uh, Jordan Joseph, before a French name that is, by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and others. I just think it's fantastic for world rugby. Just like Daniel just, Brennan. Yeah, to see these, yeah, to see these uh, French guys coming through, playing some rugby, which was out the Serge Blanco day, Philippe Seller, little offloads and that, and with some awesome forward power. World rugby needs a strong France, needs a strong South Africa, as it needs a strong uh, Wales. So I'm, I'm pleased. Yeah. That South Africa started uh, showing something against England at senior level, and they finished third in the World Cup, beat uh, in the under twenties, beat New Zealand in a fantastic playoff, and then you had a final England and France, and France uh, did a number on England. What a scrummage at the tight end drop is! So I think as long yeah. as those guys get chances in the French top fourteen, French rugby will probably be on the uh, on the way uh, on the way back. Wales were disappointing, but in the tournament, only finishing in seventh. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? Yeah, Wales, 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 dare I say it, they were pretty poor at their scrum. Yeah. Scrum, apart from the last game, wasn't up to much. Line-up was inaccurate. Defence, questionable. And the accuracy wasn't great in the tax. There's not a lot going for him, to be blunt about it. I actually think if they played... Uh, uh, another encouraging sign was Georgia. They pushed South Africa. They pushed France. They beat Ireland. And then they beat Scotland. And uh, I think if they played Wales doing well, I think they would have probably beat Wales. I think that's great for World Rugby. Georgia coming through, but of course, while the Six Nations need it, some sort of promotion relegation system, which gives those minor other countries a chance to get into the main tournament. So, uh, you know, what that system would be, and how often it would take place every season or every couple of seasons, I don't know, but I think there should be a pathway. Yeah, you know? it definitely should. Mm. So I think, I think that is international rugby there put to bed right then so let's move on to the, um, the final bit of this podcast and that is that the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup draws have uh, been today so all four regions have found out their fate um, we'll start with the Champions Cup so Scarlet's are in pool four they got top seeds which was a nice little boost for them but then you know it's probably a short lived boost because you're always going to get a tough pool and they've got Ras in 92 Champions Cup finalists of last year Leicester Tigers and Ulster uh, and the Cardiff Blues have ended up in pool 3 with Saracens Glasgow Warriors and uh, Leon. interesting could have been, could have been better could have been worse I yeah, I think, uh, yeah I think it's quite a balanced draw actually and uh, you know Scarlet's last season they got past um, Saracens and Toulon yeah they did, yeah. Yeah, so uh, oh, no, I think not, sorry, not Saracen, not Saracen. Uh, um, Toulon, uh, Bath, 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 yeah, Benetton, yeah, yeah, Benetton. If they could do that last season, I don't see why they can't do it this season. Though they have got some changes in their squad with a couple of key players leaving, some good ones coming in, though. Yeah. But um, I think the key to their group is is winning your home games and picking up one, maybe two victories on the road. Um, and I think they are certainly capable of. Uh, of winning all their own matches and I don't see why they can't win in Ulster or if Leicester like they are this season or there you know they could even win at Racing the Scarlets have got nothing to fear absolutely not no you know when you look at the uh, opposition Scarlets got a really good squad excellent coaches uh, so why not they high on confidence and uh, uh, as Lee Davis the ex-captain used to say Europe turns us on that's the thing isn't it I suppose you know uh, Pivac's talked about a five year plan and the fifth year was always going to be about challenging for Europe. Very nearly overachieved in his fourth year last year. Yeah. So I suppose it is all on this year, and, and in that regards, it's not a it's not a bad draw because yeah, Racing were finalists, and 
they were the only team last year who looked even capable of beating at Leinster. Uh, yeah, there's a rider to that mind. Leinster didn't play half as well in that match, that final, as they did in the semi-final against Scarlets. Yeah, it, it, it appeared to me that they, Leinster's final was against the Scarlets. Yeah, I, I think, think that day, apart from the All Blacks, he would have probably beat any team in the world. I also think Rassian turned up with the blueprint on yeah. how to beat Leinster. And Big forwards. And conversely, how to beat Ireland, and that's to mm. defend the space, not yeah. defend the man or the ball, and just be physical. That's, yeah. what, that's what Wales need to do. Yeah, we, which is what, what, Scarlet what, need to do. what we said earlier, what Warburton said about Wales against Ireland. Exactly. Same thing. Um, Leicester, like you say, maybe not. They're not well, they're certainly not what they were a couple of years ago. Same with Ulster. Mm. Ulster sort of being the perennial underachievers. And Absolutely. In all honesty, they're probably in a little bit of disarray at the minute. You know, uh, new coach coming in and all yeah, that. Dwayne Peel's gone. No, he's still there. Dwayne, he kept him on. He kept him on. Yeah, obviously John Gibbs has left as head coach. They brought in Dan McFarlane, who was Scotland oh. assistant. Used to be assistant with uh, Connors head coach. There's a lot of change, a lot of people. A few players have retired. Uh, perhaps they still, you know, they developing players at halfback. Um, it was it was a fly half because they had it was like John Cooney, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, John Cooney was like uh, who was coming Fano, on, coming Fano on. Came in he came gone, in on a short term uh, yeah. contract. Yeah, John Cooney's quite a good player, but they work in progress, so they are beatable. Of course, they are always difficult in Belfast. They are, but they're not good on a road. But I remember when they beat they beat the Ospreys. I think it was was it eight nil. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think Stockdale got a late. Yeah. I've never. Then seen, they beat the Ospreys in the ne- off. They did, but I've never seen as blunt an Ulster team. If the Ospreys had just been able to sort of get five yeah. minutes of concerted pressure, they'd have won that match. Yeah, Scarlets would have beat those else then if they played them in that game. Yeah, Easy. They yeah. would have. Yeah. So then, uh, 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 Blues Ben, what do you think? They pulled three, they got Saracens, Glasgow Warriors, and Lyon. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd be concerned about Saracens. Yeah, for sure. But then, last year, the Saracens weren't at their very best last year, but then I think they sort of. Seem to have rectified a few of those problems as on, mm. on their way to winning the Premiership. So, with a decent summer under their belts, I think Lions fatigue, if you want to call it that, probably affected a few of their key players. So they'll they'll be gunning to get their European crown back. Uh, Glasgow ultimately turned into a not a bit of a disappointing season for them, wasn't it? You know, semi final and Pro Fourteen, not went out of the group stage. In Europe, did they win a game? Yeah, they did win. Uh, yeah, they had a good win, and they had one or two. But however, they're still a bit underpowered for European combat. Yeah. that's their problem, and it showed up in the latter stage of Pro 14. Dave Rennie, their coach, contender to be Wales coach, he know will know it. They are lack power. It's the big boys. That's the same with the Blues, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be the same. Yeah. However, boys, about the Blues, generally like the Scarlets. When they've had fairly capable squads, is the Blues have some of their best performances have always come in Europe. Yeah, more than in the Pro, in the Pro 14, 12, or whatever else it's been called, and it, they are what I call a European team who pick it up for Europe. So uh, I think that's a group they can get out of. I don't think Leon will be interested in the tournament. Uh, you know, uh, good time to play uh, Leon away would be in the second uh, in the second half of the. Uh, competition Absolutely. hopefully they're out of it by then don't care if you feel the second team so I, I think it's scope there for uh, two teams to get out of that group Sarsen's the favourite though I can remember back in the pre-regional days Cardiff club team went up there Sarsen's had fans for Pinar etc etc playing for them all the English press they're going to wipe the slate with the Cardiff and Cardiff went and beat them uh, did the double over them so uh, I think the Blues got a chance to run it up tell you the thing I like and Simon Simon was joking about it in the office. Simon Thomas? Simon Thomas. Tell me jokes. <laughs> yeah, he's having a little joke that 
if you're Leon and you don't like plastic pitches, you're in the wrong pool because you've got Saracens, Glasgow Blues, all in, all with plastic pitches. I don't like it myself, but now, there we are. The Blues, and particularly players like Thomas Williams and Jared Evans, look really good on a fast track. Yeah. So that pool, actually, they'll go in as underdogs, no one's expecting anything, first time in four years. They can go to the Allianz, they can go up to yeah, and be used Glasgow. Yeah, pace of a game. And as long as they don't get bullied by Saracens, which is a real danger, they they can yeah. play a bit expansive and they can have a real crack at it, like the Ospreys did when they had nothing to lose there. Yeah, this season. Who's that? They lost a match in the second part of the season. Absolutely. Plus, the, the key for them, of course, is their score is a bit thin, perhaps, that they, is injuries. Yeah. If they go stay off injuries. So then they can, uh, you know, they got uh, they got some good players on the uh, yeah, Anscombe's, Jared Evans is a good 10, developing 10 as well. They've got good centres. You know, strike power, good forwards. So, yeah, probably they don't have too many injuries. Uh, they got a chance. Of course, we don't know what effect. Uh, if it's going to be positive, negative, or whatever, the new coach is going to have. So, you know, time. That's working. Uh, the time big, will tell. It's a big asterisk, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll um, move on to the Challenge Cup. Um, so first up, Pool One, Northampton Saints, Clermont, the Dragons, and then forget it. A Romanian outfit, Samosara Saracens. Oh, I'm glad you pronounced that, Ben. Well done. I was bracing myself for that one, I was. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Difficult. Yeah, I'm sure Bernard Jackman's delighted with that, isn't he? Well, he said some great challenges there, didn't he? He tweeted today, he likes his social media, um, which is true. Uh, I'm saying that North Island were shocking last season. Yeah. But they have a new coach, uh, the, the guy from the other Kings, Chris. Chris. Exactly. Uh, Boyd Chris Boyd yeah uh, new outside half Dan Bigger Dan Bigger as we mentioned him earlier a few other so he will uh, at that level he would uh, bring a lot to their party so <clears throat> they'll probably turn it round and um, Clement even though they've never won the uh, Champions Cup they've been in three finals with it, three, right? three finals yeah you know they got out the pool stage last uh, season they are an heavyweight side aren't they so you know uh, the Dragons uh, when they go to places like Northampton and uh, Clermont they're going to be up against it it's going to be Big time. So uh, be I think the best they can hope for, even though they averaged the uh, semi-final at this tournament three times themselves, I think the best they could hope for would probably be as a best runner-up. Uh, your five group winners go through three best runners-up. To do that, <coughs> they have to do the double over the Romanians, get some bonus points, and win home games, beat Claremont and Northampton, which is a big task in Gwent. And... Um, and probably pick up a losing bonus point away somewhere massive yeah. task yeah you know this is going to be it's good though isn't it for the Dragons they were shocking last campaign they <coughs> they've got a load of new coaches now loads of new players and this is a big you know this is a chance for them to make a statement you know but, they, but they're but yeah. going in as underdogs I think on the one hand it's possibly good for them that it's almost a write off now it just takes the pressure yeah. off um, they they, well, they blooded about 15 debutants last year so yeah. you know that as they, as they carry uh, playing on rugby uh, working their way up that you know playing Northampton and Clermont the Fragments Gardens and in France big cauldrons that's going to help them I, I think the first I just, I just worry I don't, I don't think the Dragons need another excuse right now and this yeah. could well be another you know it's, it's another ready made excuse isn't it yeah what, what they need though what they need to give their supporters some hope and to perhaps then improve attendances as well 
is they need to make a when I say a bit of a statement in Europe. They gotta start making their home grounds a bit of a fortress. Absolutely. Because uh, they haven't been winning at home. And uh, your first thing you've got to do is win your own matches. So if they could get a big scalp, Northampton or, or Claremont at home, I think that would uh, you know, would help the morale, the Gwent public. Yeah. And then um moving on to pool two. Ospreys in with Poe. Worcester Warriors and Stade Francais. They got a good chance there. Yeah. Um, Poe tend not to take the pool stages as seriously as they they should, despite the riches of talent they have. I know they they reached the uh, semi. They, they were good in the pool stage, mind. They went on. Uh, they won at uh, passed by accident. They won at Gloucester. Uh, uh, they played really yeah. well, and they got switched on to the competition. Then yeah. plus also the other card they have last season is Bill Bowes only a couple of hours drive away from exactly. Paul so it was almost on their doorstep so they were right up for it they might not fancy a trip to Newcastle as much this year no, no. And, and remember the Blues beat them home and away yeah. this season before in the pool stages Stade Francais never know never know yeah, been in a few finals mind in this tournament yeah. as well I think yeah so uh, you never know with them they can. They got a knack don't forget they put the Ospreys out uh, yeah. two seasons ago Prince Bally, yeah. uh, I think it was in this tournament wasn't it it was. It was. Yeah, at the uh, was it Prince Palace or Cardiff City Stadium? It was at the Prince Palace. Yeah, I think the Osprey did one six from six, yeah. racked up the thirty points, yeah, and they come broke, broke, the Liberty broke, broke, broke Swansea City, was it? it must have been something like that, wasn't it? There was some reason. I remember it being like a, it was a Sunday night yeah, game, yeah, something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah, and Ospreys were favourites, weren't they, with the bookmakers winning the tournament? Oh, they were, yeah. And Stad came and did number on them, and they have had a bit of an Indian side on the. Ospreys there was the one year when uh, the, the Galacticos and uh, Ryan Jones gave a penalty away on halfway in the final minute and uh, uh, Lino uh, Boxes kicked it from there to give him the draw put the Ospreys out and uh, I said what's that stat Ben about the Ospreys in a knockout stage in Europe um, I never won a game with it never won a game in a knockout stage in Europe but yeah uh, by uh, Panty I think my, did Mr Wolford say that earlier or Mr Anthony Wolford someone said it never went on they've been free, uh, <laughs> free, names, free European I know just in case we got it wrong uh, sorry Wolf uh, in, European, uh, in the European Cup they've definitely never won they've been three quarterfinals lost yep. a lot and I think that was their first time in a um, in a Challenge Cup quarterfinals yeah, so then bringing it round so yeah also, also in a Worcester Worcester uh, Josh Adams yeah, big chance if he's still with them by then, unless he ends up somewhere uh, the Dragons yeah, nice. or somewhere. You never know these yes. things, funny nice, things. Nice early return for uh, nice, uh, Ashley Beck as well. Yeah, Ashley Beck, ex Osprey, really good player, yeah, uh, lovely smashing fella. So many injuries over the years. Feel so sorry for him. What a talent. Uh, injuries are sort of um, curtailed his world's career, if you like. And uh, he'll certainly want to prove something. Though, because my understanding is that uh, you know he went to Worcester because that. Uh, uh, he was allegedly offered a new contract by the Ospreys but I don't think they were offering too much money so it almost forced him out of the door uh, uh, so he'll want to come and do something against them but uh, you know you would have thought the Ospreys should get they'll fancy their chances yeah, fancy there, again, they? they fancy their chances again out of this group you know this is a big tour of the Ospreys isn't it because uh, disappointing last season new coach now new head coach now Alan Clark he's been promoted Steve Tandy you know, left last season Um it's a big, uh, you know, it's a big tournament for them. Uh, they, Ospreys are a big club. Yeah, yeah. They should be looking. They should be, uh, you know, they should be looking to make a statement in it the all, Challenge Cup. It all comes down to I think the halfbacks and I think I think yeah, the, pack, the packs, the packs probably still strong. Yeah. Uh, the outside backs are looking. 
decent. Yeah. I, still, I still think they're light on wings. Like, obviously, Keelan Giles is going to be back at some stage. Yeah. Probably not till December. Keelan Giles hits the ground running and plays his best. He's in a, you know he could go to the World Cup. Still, Gatman's likes him. Scott, you know, yeah, centers, got centers, Scott Williams, yes. Ali Davis, Owen Watkins. Yeah. But you the m- mentioned the name of the key man. Sam Davis. Correct. That's the thing. And Sam's got to perform, hasn't he? He's got to deliver. It's up to him now, isn't it? It's the world's his oyster, so to speak. It's no damn bigger there. And Sam has got to take control of that number 10 jersey and produce the goods. If he doesn't produce the goods this season, you suspect the Ospreys will look elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. But if he does play his best, he's got so much talent. Former World Player of the Year at under 20 level. Yep. You know, he'll, he'll he get could, the best uh, out of the Ospreys. Yeah, he could get the best at the Ospreys. You're Scott Williams. Your um, uh, Giles, etc., yeah. etc., and he's going to one thing he's going to get. Uh, you know, I like Tom Abbeyfield as a scrum half. Obviously, Reese Webb didn't play that much this season because of uh, last season because of injuries. But uh, Ali Davis got really, as we said earlier, he's got a slick service which should give uh, Sam Davis a bit of time on the ball, especially if the platform up front is uh, is uh, good enough. Absolutely, I think that's the perfect place to uh, bring this podcast to an end. Like we've been in for an eternity, doesn't it? It does, Ben. You know, we saw almost the last week of the season. If you like, Wales just finished, and all now, um, you know, the new season don't kick off until yeah, the friendlies in August. Yeah, we'll be getting back September. to pre-season now, won't we? Let's get some holidays in. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So, if you've enjoyed the podcast, uh, feel free to give it a like and a review on iTunes. That really does help us. Uh, and for all the latest rugby news, find it all on Wales Online. <laughs>